Welcome, everybody, to Victory Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wilson. Today, we have Ryan Shatner. He's a financial literacy coach and also a name, image, and likeness expert. Welcome, Ryan, to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you having me. Oh, it's an honor, man, like always. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you got into doing name, image, and likeness programs for athletes. Yeah. So I, I like to say I just kind of stumbled forward in it. Um, so I was a, a, a college baseball player. And prior to going to college, I was a major league prospect. So back in the mid 90s, when the Atlanta Braves were, you know, going to the World Series almost every year, winning their division every year, I had a scout that took a liking to me and kept in touch. And so I thought that was going to be my destiny and uh, got into college, blew out my shoulder and that was a career ending injury for me. And so like so many athletes, I was, you know, faced with the, oh, crap, what do I do now? And, um, you know, I, I stumbled into the financial services space really because of the relationships that I had through baseball. Uh, my academic, uh, you know, stats weren't uh, stellar. I'm a career 2.4 GPA student and, uh, you know, with a, with a learning disability and the 2.4 is if you round up. And so it's not quite 2.4, but 2.4 sounds better than what it was. So, um, (laughs) and so the relationships through baseball got me this internship and, uh, you know, I just excelled in the internship, not because I was smarter than everybody else, but because of the skills that I learned as an athlete And, you know, I just outworked people and embraced the, you know, the suck in in parts of the job and knew that uh, I wasn't going to hit a home run on every, you know, every appearance that, that, you know, that I had. And um, you knew that, you know, taking a loss was part of the game. And and, uh, so I excelled. And in 2003, I relocated down to Charlotte, North Carolina from uh, the Wisconsin area and uh, started my own financial planning firm and really spent 23 years doing that. And uh, coming up, you know, right before COVID shut the world down, I had a, uh, you know, a basketball player from UNC Charlotte reach out to me, super sharp kid, finance major, and he was struggling to answer the basic finance questions. And so, you know, I, I arranged a, um, you know, workshop with the men's and women's team, and which I thought was going to happen right after the uh, NCAA tournament, which never occurred that year. And so I got to work on um, building out a presentation, uh, what I thought was going to be a presentation. And the goal was to make it entertaining, easy to understand and easy to implement. And uh, from there, I sent it to a buddy who I didn't know uh, had sent it then to some publishers. Publishers call me and they're all excited. They want to do this book. And, you know, I'm just sitting here like, yeah, this is a presentation. That's not a book. And uh, they convinced me that it was a book. And uh, so through that editing process, um, I got introduced to, you know, a bunch of current and former athletes and really developed uh, some pretty good friendships uh, through that and was doing some talks with some of their alma maters on financial literacy. And we just realized that the, the way that financial literacy and personal finance was being taught to athletes was completely broken. And so we just went about fixing that. And that was kind of right when NIL uh, you know, blossomed, right? So it was a year ago, a little over a year ago now, last July, when 
uh, NIL went live and everybody, all the athletic departments and student athletes and the whole world was scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, what do we do with this name, image and likeness? And uh, so I just started reading up on it and uh, coming up with more, you know, observing what was going on and coming up with ideas to really help student athletes. And through that process, I had some parents of uh, some high school, you know, college prospect, but high school football players reach out and they were asking about name, image and likeness. And so I was educating them and eventually they, they were starting to ask, you know, will you help my son and my child build a brand? And I didn't really want anything to do with it. Right. Cause you know, I'm not a TikTok, you know, dance, you know, whatever, that's not my thing. And I don't want to be telling people to, you know, following the latest trends on it. And so, but through some of the conversations that I had with the athletes, some of the, the pro athletes, we were kind of teaming up to solve a couple issues. One was the financial literacy issue. And, and I think we've got, you know, the book came out bestseller and, I, and we're doing some crazy innovative things in financial literacy uh, with student athletes. But the other piece was you have this group of athletes that are on a college campus that aren't taking advantage of the fact they're on a college campus. And so, uh, you know, that you have the group that is that is taking advantage of it. Maybe if we look at a football team, maybe 30% of the football team is. And because they're a scout team, right? They have no aspirations of going pro because they're just not talented enough to do so. They're just, they're just happy to go to school and be part of the squad. And then you have the other group which has professional aspirations. And of that 70%, you're going to maybe have one or 2%, 2% if you're at a big program like in Alabama, that actually make it and go pro. But then we we're like, what happens? I was asking them, what happens to that larger group of people? Like they didn't take advantage of their time on campus. You know, where do they go? And, you know, the answer, unfortunately, was they go back to the neighborhood that they came from. And a lot of these kids, that's not a positive situation. And so we're trying to solve that problem. And then we have, you know, these dads are asking me to help their, their kids with branding. And, and so I was trying to figure out, well, how do we, you know, how do I help with branding, but solve this other problem? And so I had talked to a buddy that I knew from church and he does these personality assessments um, on, um, on, you know, CEOs and executives, business owners, and, and it's 92% accurate. Uh, and it identifies strengths, weaknesses, communication styles, how to improve communication styles. And, um, and what we then later discovered is it can help predict careers that someone had, you know, would like and have success in doing based on their personality. And so, what I said is, hey, why, do, why don't we take these and if given to a uh, athlete, could we help predict and change their subconscious on what's possible in their life if they don't make it pro? Meaning, you know, our subconscious is, is built up, it, it controls 90% of our actions, our, our subconscious, right? And it's, and a lot of it is done through visual cues or experiences that we've um, had growing up. And so if we, you know, if the only way out of our situation that we see as an athlete is going the professional road, because the other roads are, you know, again, not good, not positive situations, and we didn't have an environment that was 
uh, supportive from the sense of telling us we could be an athlete or a doctor or a lawyer or a business person or whatever. If we didn't have that, then our subconscious kind of automatically is telling us it's either athlete or nothing. And, and, and again, the large percentage of people aren't going to be pro athletes, but if we can reprogram that subconscious using the data that we pull from these. So if I can tell you, Hey, you could actually be an attorney and it's not just me blowing smoke. It's, it's how you answered this. Again, it's 92% effective and, and accurate. So you could be an attorney based on all this data. Now we're going to start to change some of the subconscious that these kids think, you know, what's possible in my life if I don't make it pro, right? And so we're helping with that. But at the same time, uh, we can then look at their personality traits and we can say, hey, these are the types of platforms you need to be engaging on from a social media standpoint. This is how you engage differently on these platforms. And these are your strengths and weaknesses. This is what you need to highlight. This is how you highlight it. And we can align their personality with the types of posts that they put out there. So for example, a, uh, you know, an offensive lineman in football, they're typically more reserved, right? And um, you don't really hear from them. Part of it is, is their position, but they're not getting interviewed and, and it's not a, uh, a showy type of position, right? Whereas the wide receiver, you get the dances and it's a showy type of position, right? So different types of personality traits. So if we take those personality traits and we say, hey, the offensive linemen, you need to be more outgoing on social media, meaning you need to do the dance trends and lots of video, you taking videos of yourself and all that. They may do it once or twice, but that's not in alignment with their personality and so it's not going to it's not going to continue and they're not going to be consistent with it, which then means they're not going to you know, engage in social media and you know, any any NIL deals, which now are almost 100 percent based off social media presence. Um, you know, they're not going to get those opportunities, but they may also if they're in high school, not get opportunities on recruiting. And when they then transition after sports into the uh, to the real world, they may not get as good of opportunities because our social media has kind of become our resume now. And uh, and whatever we put on paper, however, we show up on campus uh, for visits or in an interview is immediately validated with, you know, five, 10, 15 years worth of social media data. Right. So we can't really hide who we are anymore. Right. And so we can line those up and we can create consistency. We can create your brand uh, that's not just for short term uh, NIL endorsement type deals, but for long term uh, opportunities outside of uh, sports. So in turn, then we can tell the athlete or the individual whose personality, uh, the, the wide receiver whose personality is more outgoing, we can th their engagement in social media is going to be different. So how are you, again, holding yourself out to highlight your strengths and then uh, showcase those strengths to the right people and build engagement? And so, you know, that's what we've, we've figured that piece out. And, um, and I mean, I'll tell you, growing like wildfire doesn't even really describe it. Uh, but it's but, you know, but then we said, well, what are the ancillary benefits of this? 
And then it presented another issue that we found out later, but um, the ancillary benefits are, and we're in this mental health uh, crisis, you know, among college, really among athletes and in non-athletes alike. And it's largely because, not solely because, but largely because of social media, right? So we could get rid of social media, but our society, again, is based on that, right? So if we don't have social media, it, to a lot of people, we don't exist. And so we create such a large degree of self-awareness that we help them identify that, hey, there's this box think that you have to fit in to be cool or to get endorsements, right? And literally nobody in the world fits in this box. And so you don't fit in this box, but this is, this is where you fit in. This is how you see the world. This is why you see the world that way. And we can create positive mental health and then positive engagement in social media uh, to help with the mental health issues. We, we help, again, identify them for long-term, right? Long-term branding, career branding. We help with, all right, how do you then, if, we're, if your profile says you could be a, you know, a doctor and an attorney, how do you connect with doctors and attorneys that are out there already and start building relationships so that when you transition outside of your sport, right, whenever your career in sports is done, you now have relationships with people that can help get you interviews so that you're not part of the, you know, statistic where uh, college graduates in 2021, six months after graduation, only 50% of them had a full-time job. Right. So how do we fix that? We well, we fix it by building relationships and building relationships with the right people. And we also help fix right the kind of really the third ancillary benefit uh, of this was there's this stat out there that says 73 percent of uh, college graduates uh, study a major that they will never use in the real world. And so you just spent four or five years, depending on the track you're on, studying something that you're never going to have a career doing, right? And so if we can help identify, like we had a, a kid that uh, offensive lineman that was going through our program, and um, and he was looking, uh, University of North Carolina was looking at him, offered him, uh, and then Georgia Tech did. Well, based on this, the better fit for life after sports for him is going to be Georgia Tech because it's more engineering based. That's how he thinks. That's what he's into. And that's a better fit for him, not football wise, right? Because, you know, you could argue that, you know, North Carolina historically is, you know, far superior to Georgia Tech, right? And I don't want to offend any Georgia Tech uh, alum, right? <laughs> but um, I think it's pretty true, right? We can look at the data and, and it's, it's a, um, and, but, but the, the, um, academic world, which is really going to help him. And he's, and he's a pro prospect, right? They're, the pros are going to find him regardless. He's a big dude, like six, seven, over 300 pounds as a junior in high school, right? Offensive line. But he knows that that time in the NFL, should he make it, should he want to make it there is going to be short lived. So he needs to set himself up uh, for after, and he needs to be in the right institution that's going to do that um, according to you know his skills and and likes and dislikes and all that kind of thing. And so, so then we started you know doing that, and that's you know, and, and we're impacting a lot of kids and having a lot of success with it. And then we were started the um, you know I was seeing these statistics right. So that's 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 the second thing we did, and the third thing we do right is 
I was seeing the statistics on, you know, the social media being the large driver of these endorsement deals and all that. And I had a theory that, you know, it was the first year of NIL, the, the bulk of the deals you saw were coming from larger companies, right? And it was all based on social media presence. And to me, it was like, man, this is really an experimental year. But, you know, really, there's this large group. And my theory was there's a large group of small businesses, maybe local to campus, that could more efficiently and effectively advertise and drive consumers to their business through the NIL and the student athlete versus the traditional methods of advertising. You know, maybe you have run some social media ads or you know, flyers that you throw out in the mail that nobody ever looks at, you know, you, everyone gets that envelope of coupons that, you know, you just throw away. You don't even open the envelope anymore. And, um, and so I started going to small businesses and just asking, right. So it started really my son who's 10 was at a golf camp at one of these golf simulator uh, deals. And um, cause you know, it gets, it gets hot here in, in Charlotte in the summer and <laughs> you can get sunburn. And so this is nice air conditioned. He could play Pebble beach. And I mean, these things are really cool, but the owner owner was there. And so I started asking him questions about name, image, and likeness. And he had heard of it, but really what he was focused on was running his business and coming out of that COVID shutdown. And, um, and still trying to rebound from, you know, a, a year, you know, plus of not being able to earn any revenue. And, um, and so when I was describing this, you know, what if you could get a couple golfers from, you know, North Carolina or Wake Forest or University of South Carolina, and they could come up here, we could reach out to, you know, we have this Operation 36, which is a phenomenal youth golf program. We've got First Tee. Uh, which is a national program. I think so is Operation 36, but we could we could reach out to those that teach this, right? And now we can, you know, you can um, tell the kids, hey, why don't you come meet some college golfers, shoot a couple shots with them, uh, get their autograph, shake hands, you know, hang out with them. And now we've got groups of kids coming with their parents to your location that they didn't know existed prior to that, that they're going to love because it's inside. They can play different types of games in it and you're going to generate business. And I didn't even get to finish my thought. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. Let's do it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just asking the question. Like I, I don't, I'm not brokering a deal here. Like I don't, I don't even know how you would do it, but I, I would assume it would be cheaper and more effective than doing the mailers that you do. He's like hundred percent it would hundred percent. And, uh, and so, and it was business after business when I would explain it to them and how they might be able to use it, they were on board. And so now part of what we do then is, is teach, uh, you know, I've got this kind of motto of the, the given deal isn't as valuable as the gotten deal. And, um, you know, that's my 2.4 GPA grammar working right there. But what I mean by that is you're the, you're the quarterback at Ohio State or Texas, right? You're going to get, we see them, you know, they're driving the G-Wagon and the Ashton Martin and they're getting some spending money solely because of their position in the school that they're at. But if, if we're teaching these athletes how to go out and connect with the business, show value, make a sale, generate revenue. To me, that's a life skill that you're going to be able to carry forward 
for the rest of your life. And maybe now you're creating opportunities that, you know, that, you know, you, you didn't have before. And, uh, and, and we're also showing, you know, why don't we create, instead of just taking money, why don't you, uh, you know, maybe you get $1,500 a quarter to, you know, make an appearance or post something or whatever. Why don't you take $1,200 a quarter and do a quarterly call with the chief marketing officer or this, the, you know, the, um, the CEO or someone like that. So you're developing a relationship that you can then leverage down the line. And, uh, anybody that's, you know, once you, I think once you hit, you know, get out of college, you realize that relationships is the key to, to life. Uh, and, uh, and so that's what we're, we're trying to create as many relationships to give these athletes as many opportunities and options, um, really as we, as we can, so that they can take advantage of it, uh, as life goes on. And so that's really the three things we do the financial literacy. We do the, the NIL and beyond what we call our brand building program. And then, um, we just do, I guess, consulting is the best way. Um, but it's really more round table. Let's, you know, let's hammer out ideas and, and let's see what works in going out and getting NIL deals. Cause I think that's the future of it. Um, you know, you're still going to have probably the largest portion of money going to, you know, football and, and, and basketball from some of the big, you know, the Home Depots or the Coca-Cola or whatever. But I think the D2, D3, and then the, you know, the women's soccer or the boxers or um, the golf team or the lacrosse team, I think there's tons of value, baseball, softball. I think I think there's tons of value with the local markets that these colleges are in and even the markets where they came from, right? Their hometown um, to advertise and leverage the NIL for these small businesses. I think that's really where the volume of deals are going to uh, occur down the line. Um, and just from, you know, again, talking to these business owners, it seems like, uh, you know, my hunch is, is being, is being proven accurate now, you know, it's been a month since we've been doing that, but, uh, but I haven't had a no yet. So that's, that says something. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, those are the three things that we do and it's, and it's crazy. Um, and it's growing like you would not believe, I mean, like you would not believe. So. Man, that's phenomenal work that you're doing, uh, Ryan. <clears throat> I just have one question for you. Actually, a couple of questions. <laughs> but uh, the first question is for the athletes that don't know what NIL is or the parents of, of these athletes um, who don't know what it is. What exactly is it and how does it work? Yeah, exactly. So um, which which there's a lot of confusion around it. Right. And so right now in college and now it's rolling down in some states, even to high school athletes, they can get paid for their name their image or their likeness. And so really where it stemmed from was, um, you know, out in California, there's a case, uh, you know, UCLA was some of the attorneys there and alumni there were pretty big in getting this thing pushed forward. But if we look at it, the NCAA and, you know, college athletics generates, you know, 21, $22 billion a year. And, and that's on, I say, on the backs of all these student athletes, right? There's, you know, roughly, there's over a half million NCAA student athletes, right? And so the argument had always been that 
they are amateurs. They're getting scholarships. Um, you know, they get to go play pro and make millions of dollars. And that was the argument, but that argument wasn't really based on, on solid data. So a couple sports get full scholarships. The vast uh, number of student athletes have partial scholarships and they're taking out loans to play their sport. Um, you know, very, you know, 1% of student athletes are going to go pro at some level, whether it's Olympic or, you know, it could be MLS or NFL, NBA, that sort of thing. And, and the average career there is three years. So you're not coming out getting a $50 million NFL contract unless you're, you know, the first couple picks in the draft, the, the, you know, they do make good money. Don't get me wrong. They make good money, but it's for such a short period of time that when you look at what are the athletes putting, you know, they're risking injury, they're, um, you know, they're putting a lot on the line and you have this institution, the NCAA, which grew from very, you know, low revenue to now $22 billion a year uh, on these, on these athletes. And so what they said is, listen, the, the athletes have to find a way to be able to get compensated because a lot of the sports, you're not able to do internships because of your, your athletic schedule. Um, you can't, you know, have a, a part-time job to earn, uh, revenue, uh, and spending money. And then you had where a lot of these athletes were going to bed hungry at night. Um, and so you had all these factors and, and they looked at it and they said, man, this is, this is not right. You have these athletes that need stuff, aren't able to get it. And your arguments are kind of faulty. Right. Um, and you're, and you're sitting here with $22 billion a year of revenue coming in and, you know, there's gotta be some give and take here. And so that's where NIL kind of came about where they said, Hey, now athletes can, you know, you can get endorsements. Um, and, and there's different rules based on state. Um, but you can get paid for your name, image, and likeness, and you can earn revenue while you're, you know, while you're in school. So you can capitalize on being a student athlete, uh, now. So, okay. Well, I'm proud to say Ryan that, you know, we're partnering up in order to organize an event specifically for boxers. So, um, how could this benefit boxers? Yeah. So it's their athletes and, you know, the stats in the boxing world, you know, it, it, the, it doesn't matter. And what I found out is it doesn't matter the sport you play. We all walk a very, very similar journey. So by the time we come become a prospect, right, um, we walk a similar journey. And so we're, you know, we set our goals and it's to become a boxer. Or for me, it was to become a, a pro baseball player. And the statistics don't, I mean, they're very, very small the, the individuals that are going to really make money doing that sport. And so by the time we realize that, hey, you know, um, this isn't going to work out for me or I'm not going to make as much as I thought, uh, you know, we're kind of washed up, for lack of a better word. And now it's like, all right, what do I do? And and we wasted a number of years when we could be capitalizing and building our brand for uh, whether it's boxing and endorsements or creating relationships so that you can, um, you know, have success outside of boxing, uh, you know, life after boxing, and, and you just don't know where it's going to take you. And so it's, it's really a self-discovery of the athlete to figure out, hey, I've got these strengths in, you know, these 
these areas, how do I then create relationships in those areas if I don't become, uh, you know, Mike Tyson or Floyd uh, Mayweather and, and make it big in boxing, right? Well, what's my contingency plan? And, you know, and then it's also helping them with how do I communicate my strengths and weaknesses to be able to uh, get endorsement deals now? How do I find those deals and learn those skills uh, so that we have life success, not just, you know, we're not putting all our cards and in, in, uh, eggs and cards in one basket. So the event that we have coming on July the 18th, how does it work? So it's going to be an intro. I'm going to go through some, you know, branding and, and just kind of some quick lessons and talk a little bit more in depth about the program. And they'll have a decision at that point, right? Do I want to sign up and, and, and get on board? And uh, if they do, then it'll be three more sessions after that, where you really do a deep dive into who they are, what their strengths, weaknesses are, why they see the world the way they see it. And, uh, and then after that session, we go into, all right, this is how you create uh, opportunities. And we're going to give them ideas. We're going to give them, I mean, we're going to, we're giving it all. We're going to give it all. And we're going to teach them how to create their brand, not just for short-term endorsements, but long-term opportunities uh, whenever they decide to hang the gloves up. And is this event, Ryan, for uh, professional boxers or any level? I think if you're an athlete, this, this event, you know, even if you're not an athlete, this event's for you. Uh, because, you know, everyone faces the same struggles. We try and figure out who we are and, and how are we going to, you know, have success in life. And we're basically, we're giving the keys to the kingdom here. Um, you know, athletes, I love athletes. I was an athlete. I still, you know, in my mind think I'm an athlete, even though my body tells me different. Um, but you know, it's, it, so I talk a lot. I use a lot of sports analogies to make things, um, easy to understand and easy to implement. Uh, but, uh, it's for really everyone, uh, not just people that think they're going to be pro boxers. If you're an athlete and you want to have success in life. Yeah, this is a good event. Excellent. Now, this is fantastic, Ryan. So all of this is going to begin on July the 18th at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, the first session is on the 18th, and then there's three consecutive sessions uh, every Monday. Is that correct, Ryan? Yep. Yep. Same time every Monday. Sounds good. So, man, I'm looking forward to this. Thank you so much for being on our show, Ryan, and um, we look forward to you. Yes, sir. I'm pumped up, man. We'll see you all there. Sounds good. Take care. Yep. Thank you for watching Victory Circle Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel.